and you're listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. I'm Jeff Milo, and joining us on the podcast today is uh, New York Times bestselling author of crime fiction and thrillers and mysteries, Lisa Gardner, and she's here to talk about her latest book, which is titled One Step Too Far. This is the second book in her latest series with a new protagonist named Frankie Elkin. So this is Frankie's second appearance after the hit book Before She Disappeared. And Frankie Elkin is a recovering alcoholic trying to save herself by finding missing persons from long abandoned cold cases. And uh, that first book, Before She Disappeared, uh, got rave reviews and also had a fan in someone like Hilary Swank. And uh, the I think the balls are in motion now to possibly develop that into a TV series in the near or coming future. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest book, which is One Step Too Far. And this is Frankie taking on the case of a man who has gone missing for an extended period of time, presumed dead in the National Forest of Wyoming. And she's arriving ready to help, ready to find this possibly dead body just to help the family find closure. And she goes off on an adventure with an eclectic cast of characters that include a survivalist specialist, the young man's father, the young man's friends, a Bigfoot specialist, a search and rescue dog named Daisy. But what I'm here to especially talk to Lisa Gardner today about is just how compelling Frankie Elkin really is. This character is someone that I just want to follow no matter what adventure or mystery she gets into next because she's just so real and relatable and candid and and really just working through a lot and there's something really endearing about that but I think the magic word that we get into very early on in this chat is empathy and how important that can be when we're writing crime fiction or mystery do we have empathy for the victim or empathy for the family or do we have empathy for the protagonist so we're here to chat about going into the woods to solve a mystery with avid hiker Lisa Gardner. I was just going to say I can't remember the last time that I have been so really compelled by a protagonist um, with Frankie Elgin here. She's 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 dealing and she's coping, she's maintaining and trying to to maintain strength, but clearly very driven to but also candid about her struggle and her dialogue is so sharp. Um, anyway, since this is her, her second outing, for folks who haven't maybe haven't met her yet, can you talk about Frankie and, and what inspired the development of her complex and relatable disposition and backstory? Oh, that's well said, Jeff. Yeah. So thank you very much. So Frankie was actually inspired by real life. Okay. We have a growing trend. Um, anyone who watches TV may be aware of it. Uh, of kind of everyday people getting involved in cold cases. Because one of the things that's fascinated when you look at a cold case is that if there was, you know, the smoking gun forensic clue, it would have been discovered. If the police had the right witness or lead, it would have been discovered again. So if nothing has happened, well, then sometimes the total outsider, the right person asking the right questions at the right time can make all the difference. So reading about this and getting kind of fascinated by people who don't have any background, who are not investigators, police officers uh, have are not paid. It's just something that fascinates them, maybe something local, whatnot, that gets them going. That became the basis for Frankie. She is obsessed with finding the missing, the world's forgotten. But of course, when you're a novelist and a reader, the question is, well, why? And the intriguing part is, 
Yeah, I still don't really know. I'm not sure Frankie knows. She has ideas. She has thoughts on it. She is a recovering alcoholic. She's obsessive. She's an addict. And maybe finding missing people now is her dry drunk. Um, she needs to keep moving. If she stays in one place, she drinks. So kind of going from town to town doing this again, maybe it's a key to her sobriety. Mm-hmm. She's an anti-heroine in many ways. Mm-hmm. The real life isn't working for her, but this, this mission, I'm going to go from place to place. I'll always be the outsider, but like a lot of addicts, I always feel like I am the outsider. So what does it matter? I'm going to do this and it keeps me going and it works. It makes no sense to anyone else, but it works. The strength of having her be in the first person really allows, I I think, helps the reader come into her and understand her, maybe where she's coming from. Um, very relatable. <laughs> what I especially love about this book and, and Frankie is that everything you said is there, but also maybe there is this, this exceedingly more empathy than I usually encounter in a mystery or a thriller book. Uh, there's, uh, and and it, I don't think it's a total spoiler, but here she's setting out to find a missing person. And um, when she gets out onto this epic, uh, uh, epic hike of sorts, she's leveling with the fact that she could very well be finding a dead body. It's not necessarily that she could be saving a life. It's the empathy for the family that she is holding. And I think that is just great. Can you comment on why that was important to weave in here and just kind of weave into the whole concept of a a missing persons specialist expert? Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting to me. So I've been a crime novelist for a while and I started my career, classic thriller lines, the FBI profiler, serial killers. Then it was the Boston detective working urban environments. And then, you know, ah, the vigilante, she survived being kidnapped. And now, you know, she's just going to take justice in her own hands. And they all had their appeals, but Frankie has certainly struck a chord. Um, from last year's book, Before She Disappeared, which now Hilary Swank wants to turn into a TV series and be Frankie to, I mean, as of last night, we had our fourth star review for One Step Too Far, which is just kind of an incredible level of support. And it's like, why? So what is Frankie bringing to the table? And I think you nailed it. She's empathetic. And I think there are, there are moments in time when our fiction and our real world kind of come together. And like I said, Frankie is not a crack investigator. She is not a hacker. She does not have superpowers. However, she is an excellent listener Mm -hmm. and she cares. I mean, she's an alcoholic. She's done all sorts of bad things. Her family was imperfect. She does not judge. She is genuinely interested in people and hearing their stories and providing that kind of balm she inevitably gets the information necessary to bring things together. And I think she's both fascinating and vulnerable, but just soothing in a world where everyone wants to be heard, but no one really cares to listen anymore. Sure. I also (laughs) could empathize with uh, Frankie because I have never done any intensive hiking. And I love how, (laughs) I really love how the first chapters and this really great ensemble of characters are sort of, um, onboarding her, but also being kind of being kind of stern and tough with her about it. So, just talk about you know you as a as a hiker. Can you talk about the uh, how that uh, inspired this story and just uh, you know uh, respond by by me telling you how effective you were at, at representing that primal dangers or risk or wariness that requires one's respect upon entering <laughs> the deep woods. 
So One Step Too Far is probably one of the most fun personal books for me I've ever written because I am an avid hiker. I live in the mountains of New Hampshire. Writing is, uh, hiking is actually part of my writing process. Every time I'm stuck, hit the trail, go to the woods. Like a lot of people in the pandemic, I started going outside even more. So doing longer, more adventurous hikes. And as part of that, now you're getting into wilderness areas. There's no cell signal. You're beyond the reach of rescue. It's kind of a feeling that's both isolating, exhilarating, terrifying. You can't really decide. So I did some wilderness survival classes with my friends because we want to feel like we're safe hikers. And we played with fire and knives. And if you're a thriller writer and you spend days playing with fire and knives, there's going to be a book out of it, I think we can admit. (laughs) But Frankie was so much fun because she's not a super hiker. I got to put together the dream team. If you're selecting eight people to go out in the wilderness of Wyoming, you know, way beyond, you know, sat radio, anything, you know, you've got the greed of being father, you got the guilt stricken friends, you have the local guide who's not just, you know, from the mountains, he's of the mountains, you know, the search dog. And then there's um, Frankie, who's like, I walk a lot. <laughs> and within hours, she was like, I am so sorry I ever did this. (laughs) She's a great proxy for, on the one hand, with the dream team, I can bring in some of the hiking, you know, wilderness survival and tips. And there's most of the information in the book is genuine. You ever get lost in the woods, some of these things will help you. And then there's poor Frankie, like, yeah, no, this was not the best thinking on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about, talk about that, uh, because I was reading this knowing that you're a hiker and in the back of my mind, I was almost wondering, I wonder if Lisa is almost scaring herself. Uh, can you talk about crea- cra- cra- crafting a setting such as a, a national forest and drawing out the suspense uh, 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 or danger or for- or forebodingness there? Because this is a place you love to go to, but you also had to make it scary, which is kind of interesting. The woods are kind of a gauntlet here, aren't they? love the woods as a gauntlet. I love the wilderness a gauntlet. I think it's often been used in literary fiction. It's a where you go out to challenge and find yourself. And it's interesting for me because I am a hiker. So on the one hand, I Frankie's not the best proxy for me because I love doing this stuff. But on the other hand, being an avid hiker, it is social. You encounter a lot of people on the trail. And it has been crazy to myself and some of my, you know, the locals and hiking friends I have when we get out there, how many people are totally completely caught off guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I have so many stories from just the past years alone of people like, this is awful. Are we at the top yet? And we're like, um, you've not been on this trail. You got like, you know, about six hours to go. So no, not yet. <laughs> we're not in Boston anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've watched couples break up. We've watched marriages end. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a good sociology experiment to be on a hiking trail. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, how about, was it, it must've come very natural to you. Here you were, you were in cityscapes, you were in Boston, but now you're out in the, in the wilderness. I also wondered, there was a moment early on in the book and it really strikes me where Frankie realizes she has something of a predicament and it's almost the, it's almost the predicament of the storyteller too. Maybe she doesn't have suspects per se. She can't go door to door and interview relatives or or really search for clues to an extent. Um, That sounds like uh, not only a challenge for her, but maybe your challenge. (laughs) Frankie's both fun, but incredibly difficult to write because these are first person books and I am her and she is 
us. Um, she Again, she's every day. So each challenge she encounters is the logical challenge we would encounter. Mm-hmm. So I've only written one other book with Frankie. We know her, what she's really good at is asking questions. And I know from real life, when you read about people like Frankie, kind of the key to their success is they're not the police. Mm-hmm. Again, the outsider coming in, asking questions, particularly after some time has elapsed, it's a cold case, can sometimes get the answers the people who are involved in the police were not going to get. That sounds great. That's a great academic premise. And Frankie uses it really well before she disappeared. Now she's in the mountains of Wyoming. You are correct. She is looking for a missing hiker. There are no neighbors. There is, I mean, unless she can get a grizzly bear to sit down long enough. So she has this real dilemma. She kind of whimsically agrees to this or wants to do this the she sees the article in the news and the mom's dying and she wants to see you know see her son before she dies and frankie finds missing people so she's like i can do this and then she gets into the woods (laughs) and she's hiking and it's up 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 way more up than she ever thought and it's starting to occur to her there are no neighbors to interview. <laughs> I mean, like, really, what the hell am I doing here? And I actually had to start thinking that through for her as well. So what can she bring to the table? Because it is important to Frankie to matter, to make a difference, to find the person. And I think one of the cool things about One Step Too Far is it's wilderness survival, definitely, but it's also just sociology. Mm-hmm. Her superpower is people listening, learning, adapting, and starting to recognize the players in this group of eight and the way the group's not really a group. And then as things start going really badly, starting to realize this group had better become a group mm-hmm. or none of us are getting out of this alive. <laughs> also, I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't think Sherlock Holmes has ever had it this easy or this hard. You know, I was just thinking like the, the, that archetype of, you know, this invincible genius who is never really challenged. I think it's so great to have your second book of a protagonist be such a growing experience and just be challenging because that means they get to grow as the books go on. I think it's brilliant. It's just this total loner who's now in the woods going, oh my God, I got to get people to get along. I don't even get along with anyone. (laughs) The right observation isn't going to help you. That magic little, it is figuring out the people. And there's kind of this theme in One Step Too Far and leave it for people to figure out for themselves. What is survival? Is it survival of the fittest or is it being the most adaptable? Mm -hmm. Um, Frankie will tell you she's not the fittest, but she's pretty damn adaptable. And that becomes a big variable as things continue to go south. I think in the past few years, all of us have learned adaptability is a necessary evil, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And I gotta say, after reading this book, I wanna follow Frankie wherever she goes next. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so yes, next, yes, I agree. We should do that. And, and then just a, just a, a shout out to this ensemble. It is very entertaining cast. And we even have a very sweet dog in there uh, yeah. who in the first few chapters is such a tension breaker with yeah. with, uh, with her charm. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased you enjoyed One Step Too Far. I hope people will check it out at lisagardner.com. And yes, you should read it for Daisy, the search and rescue dog alone, who I think totally steals the show. Indeed. (laughs) Take care, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff.
our chat with Lisa Gardner, New York Times bestselling author of several crime fiction novels and many previous series. Her latest is the Frankie Elkins series, and the new book in that series is One Step Too Far. We'll have a link to Lisa's website in the show notes. So thank you for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. The music at the beginning and end of these episodes is by a local musician, John Duffy. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to ferndalefriends.org. You could like or subscribe or leave a comment, leave a starred review, or just tell some friends about it. And if you enjoyed this chat, please share it to social media. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.